Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. First scripture that we will be reading will be Hebrews 11, verse number 1, and also verse number 6. And then I will ask you to look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. In Hebrews 11 and 1, the Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on, put a little bit more volume on it. Now, before you're seated, let's go to the Lord and pray. Eternal God, we are grateful, we are thankful to you for an opportunity to be in your house one more time. And surely, Lord, in this word, we pray that, God, there will be someone that will be, Lord, blessed as a result of hearing it. Now, Lord, let me, your servant, truly be found decreasing as we watch you increase. And, Lord, I need you now. I need your strength. I need your power. I need your anointing to deliver this word to your people. And Lord, when it's all said and done, when hearts are lifted up and encouraged, when souls are ready to run on and see what the end will be, and those that have never repented of their sins will see the necessity. Those that have never been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins, Lord, that they've committed, Lord, they'll come and say, I'm ready to go down in Jesus' name. And, Lord, when all of these things are said and done, those that have yet to be filled with the Holy Ghost begin to speak with other tongues as your spirit gives the utterance. We'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. In Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And 6, but what? But without faith. I want everybody to say faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to minister to you the remaining time that I have from the thought. Faith works. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, faith still works. God bless you. You may be seated. Faith works little children sing that song faith 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 just a little bit of faith you don't need a whole lot but you got to use what you got faith 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 so i just want you to know that faith works and according to these scriptures i i will solidify that because when we look at hebrews the 11th chapter 
it is known as the roll call of faith. There's a bunch of names that will be mentioned, and we won't go through all of them, but when you, on your own, read through the 11th chapter of Hebrews, you'll see the heroes of faith, I like to say. But I want to go back, and I want to read this to you. It says, now faith. Notice, faith is current. <laughs> I know sometimes we get caught up in what he did in yesteryears. But somebody needs to see a current move of faith in the life of the believer. So he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. When we look at that first verse, the word substance means assurance, and the word evidence means proof. And you know how it is. Uh, you want to sell a car or you want to purchase some land, and they give you what they call a deed. That deed assures you that that property belongs to you. And so now if faith is the substance of things hoped for, anybody hoping for some stuff, anybody hoping God will do a thing here and a thing there, well, when we begin to realize that the assurance and the proof is given by the Spirit of God. So now faith, it is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. The Bible says in verse 2, for by it the elders obtain a good report. You see, God is looking on you. It's not like he's grading you. It's not like he's going to give you an A for your faith. But he understands that in every man there's a measure of faith. How does he know that? Because he put it in you. And he wants you to exercise that kind of faith. Now, there are various types of faith. We have faith that we look at when we talk about healing. We have faith that we talk about when we talk about salvation. But I want you to hone in on this today. He says, through faith we understand that the words, the world, excuse me, were framed by the word of God. Hmm. So that things which are seen were made of things which do appear. One thing about man, we have our daddy's DNA, God, <laughs> and he's a creator. And so I know I've got some entrepreneurs in here. And I know you have a mind that you feel that you can make anything because God has put that in you. But let me say one thing that differentiates us from our Heavenly Father. When he creates, he creates from nothing. See, we need some materials. Got a builder in the house. We need some tools. And then guess what we can do? Oh, we could build some stuff then. We could make some stuff. But God said, I don't need none of that. All I do is speak it. Hallelujah. And it will come. So that's the thing. Let me, let me read that again. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, I need everybody, when, when I get to the word faith, I just need you to shout it out so they can hear you in the podcast land. I'm in the fourth verse, and I want you to read down with me. By faith. Woo! By faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith. Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. He pleased God. <laughs> I got to pause right there. What a testimony. 
that God says, I'm pleased with you. Matter of fact, you're doing such a good job. Come on up here and be with me. Translated means he didn't die, y'all. He's one of the few. I can count on one hand and two fingers that didn't die. His life that he lived pleased God so much. God said, come on up here. Never tasted death. Don't, his testimony, when we get to heaven, you, man, how was it when you died? Man, I don't know what that was like. I just came straight to the house. He just, just like that. He's a type and shadow of the church when we talk about the rapture or more biblically, the catching away. See, there are going to be some of us, we're not going to die. Y'all looking at me with that funny kind of tone. See, the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man will appear when he's going to come back. But trust me, there's going to be a generation. I don't know if this is the generation, the next generation, or the generation after that. But there will be a generation where the Lord will come back. And then we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up in the air to meet him in the clouds. We'll never taste death. We'll be able to have the testimony of Enoch. Bruh, that was a trip, wasn't it? One minute was here, next minute was gone. Let me show you how fast it is. The Bible says, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's how fast we'll be translated. Now, the batting of the eye, everybody bat your eye. Now, you think that's fast, right? This is how fast it is to leave from here to glory. I'm there. Everybody look like, is that fast? You don't see a flinch. You don't see nothing. Just, I'm there. That's why you have to be ready. Be ye also ready, for you know not the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man will return. Enoch had the testimony that he pleased God. And, and listen to that. I'm going to go back because a lot of times when we look at the sixth verse of the 11th chapter of Hebrews, we don't really tie it in. But watch what he does because this is the segue into verse number six. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? Please God. Then it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. You see, that's why it's important that we understand we've got to have this kind of faith, this saving faith that comes from believing in the word of God, believing in what he did on the cross, believing that one day while we were yet in our sin, he thought enough to die for us. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is what? That he's God and that he's a rewarder. Oh, he wants to reward you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. He wants to reward you with the gift that keeps on giving. He wants to give you a gift that once you receive it, you'll be like Brother Dunn. Pastor, I, all I know is I feel good. It's like Jeremiah. Jeremiah said it was like fire shut up in my bones. I, I couldn't explain what happened. All I know is one day he got a hold of me. So he goes on to say, if y'all still with me, but by by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not yet as seen. Listen to what he says. By faith. Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Hmm. You would think that God rolled out the blueprint of judgment and said, this is what it looks like. Because when God just spoke it and told him, he got in a hurry. I would today that some of us would get in a hurry when God tells us to do things. When God tells us, and you know, the Bible says this, warning before destruction. And I do believe when some people's demise come, they know it because he's warned them. He's had that proverbial knock on the door. 
and you keep saying, I ain't ready yet. I got, I got me to do. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. I got some stuff going on that I'm just not ready to give it up yet. But when Noah heard of the judgment that was coming, the Bible says that he moved with fear. See, that's the problem. We don't have the fear of God in us anymore. I, I was listening to Mother Withers, Mother Holder, even Sister Allen. Man, they were saying some stuff. They was dropping knowledge all in there. But, but let me say, I remember a time, and I know they could remember it. It was a time where people feared God so much that if they walked on the church ground and they were smoking, they'd go across to the other side. If they was walking on the church ground and they was cursing, it stopped until they got past the church. It was a time people feared God so much that when they walked on the church property, they wouldn't even think about spitting. Where has the fear gone? I'll tell you where it's gone. We have stickers on our car that says, no fear. Well, let me tell you what. You better fear something. It is a foolish man that says, there is no God. So since there's no God, I have no fear. But I'm telling you right now, you better fear the one that can cast you into H-E-double-L. He moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. I want to encourage somebody that you're trying your best to live for God. You're really trying to do all that you know to do. And it just kind of looks like, Pastor, everybody is doing it. Let me say this. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. I want to say to you, just because everybody is doing it, doesn't make it right. I guarantee you, the population that died in the flood would have never phantomed that only eight souls would make it out. God always deals with the minority. <laughs> he always deals with the minority, not the majority. We, we've got too many scriptures that will substantiate that. And let you know that's true. But who would have thought that only eight souls out of a whole world would be saved? Now, let me ask the question. Would you like to be one of those? Then please stop comparing yourself with the world. The Bible says it's unwise to compare yourself with them. They ain't having all that much fun. <laughs> you think they are. You'll be at drinking out all night long. And guess what? The next morning, they bowing down to the porcelain god. Ah, ah, ah. The porcelain god, boy, they wrap their arms. Ah, ah. Somebody said, what are he talking about? It's called a toilet. Nasty, stinky toilet. But you got so much nasty stuff in you, you go right to the porcelain god, little G-O-D. But the bottom line is, you, you're like that proverb that speaks of the, the dog that vomits. And he goes back, and he licks it up. And see, I, said, I, said, I thank God for the nasty. Whew. That's nasty. That's nasty. Why you keep doing it if it's so nasty? Because, I mean, the only difference is between you and the dog, you let it go in the porcelain god. Then you start again the next day or the next party or the next whatever y'all want to call it these days. I don't know what they call them now. But guess, listen, he moved with fear, and now him and his family are saved. Out of the whole world, only eight souls were saved by Abraham. When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive. Just think about it. Somebody tells you, Miss Prescott, they got something for you, but you're going to have to walk hundreds of miles to get it. Abraham was minding his own business. He was in the Earl of Chaldees. 
minding his business, worshiping his little G.O.D.s, and one day he has this encounter with God, and God says, I'm the God that you need to serve. This is what I need you to do. I want you to go leave your family, you know, your folks, your peeps, and go to a land that you don't know nothing about. And when you get there, your promise is waiting on you. Think about it. Hundreds of miles he had to leave on a word. One word from the Lord makes a difference. So he goes, um, let, let me hurry up. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. Everybody say, obeyed. 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 He didn't hesitate. He obeyed what God told him when he told him. So you know what our problem is? We got that Gideon syndrome. Well, Lord, if it's really you, let, let, why y'all always bartering with the Lord? Lord, if it's really, show me a sign. He ain't going to show you no sign. It's a passage in the scripture. He said he did all of this, and he did it for us to believe the gospel. He said because it was so much that they didn't even put it in the book. And so what you're really telling him is, God, when I see a sign from you, then that's when I'm going to believe. Turn to that neighbor and say, faith still works. You got to have some faith. He left, he went, he journeyed, he obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. By he sojourned in the land of promise and in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had a foundation whose builder and maker is God. Now, let me ask you a question. If faith still works, which it does, when's the last time you used it? You see, faith through the word of God, the very presence of that faith in our heart is all the assurance and evidence that we need. Somebody say we need it. And if we need it, we need to act like we need it. We need to act like this faith that we're talking about is the kind of faith that has been such an assurance inside of me that I am not going to back up. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. Through faith in God, we see what others cannot see. See, we do that through faith. There's some people that they're, they're scratching their head wondering, how is he able to do that? How is he able to, to bring those things together? It's faith. If we treat our future as the present and the invisible as seen, we do things that the world will be perplexed with. Why? Because they don't have this kind of faith that's required through faith in God. Through faith in God, we can see what others cannot see. Note in verses 1, 3, 7, 13, and 27, God bears witness to that by his Holy Spirit. And that's also noted in verses 2, 4 through 5, and also verse 39. By faith, Noah saw the coming judgment. Abraham saw the future city. Joseph saw the exodus. And Moses saw God. Faith accomplished things because there is power in the word of God. Anybody believe that? There's some power in the word of God. And it's illustrated by creation in verse number three. God spoke and it was done. And how many of you believe that God still speaks to us today? I'm telling you, when we believe that he says something and we act upon it, 
we'll see the power of God. That same power that the word was spoken in the beginning of creation. And it happened just like that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same word. Somebody say the same word. The same word that was spoken to the world into existence can create in you and me a desire to wholly live for God. Our faith as believers should not be altered by appearance. Let me share with you what I mean by that. As believers, we should be living above sea level. In other words, I'm saying what you see. You should be living above what you see. The world has this saying, seeing is believing. But Jesus said, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. You know, that's in John chapter 20, verses 29. But if you go up into it, you'll begin to understand why. Because what happened was Jesus had made his appearance and there was one disciple that was not there. His name was Thomas. They called him Didymus. And Thomas had word. They said to Thomas, Thomas, guess what? The Lord has come back. He said, unless I see the nail prints in his hand and put my finger in them and take my hand and push it through the side where he was wounded, he said, I will not believe God. See, that's for all you sign-seeking people. That's for all you, Lord, if you do this way, then I believe you. So you know what? The Bible says eight days later, Jesus comes back. The door is shut. says, peace. Thomas is there. And the Lord said, Thomas, thank you, Jesus. He said, Thomas, come, put your hand in the print of the nail and take your hand and push it in my side. I don't know about you, but as I was reading that, it sure let me know that God hears what we say. <laughs> it let me know that God hears what we say. He said, Thomas, come on, put your hand right there. Feel the nail print. Go ahead, take that other hand and stick it in that wound in my side. The Bible said, Thomas said, Oh, Lord, and my God. He said, now, Thomas, the only reason why you believe, because you saw. He said, blessed are those that don't see and believe. See, we, we've got to stop seeing what we believe. Stop saying, well, I see it, so I, now I believe it. That expression, seeing is believing, is not applicable to the saints of God. Didn't the Bible say that we walk by Faith and not by. Well, then, if that be the case, stop believing what you're seeing and start seeing what you say you believe God will do. Start rejoicing. Start praising God in advance. Start rejoicing and praising God with the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. For what you are believing, he will do for you. Now, I believe that somebody right there should have recognized, you know what, I'm believing God for some stuff. And, and right there, you should have put a name on it, whatever it was. You should have put a name. I got some parents in here. You got some wayward children, and you saying, Lord, right there is where you should have put that name. Stop seeing what you believe. I know they acting up. I know they causing you to have fits. But start believing what you say that you want to see God do. I want to see him walk in that door, broken. I never forget there was a parent, they're not here anymore. Never, ever forget. Daughter was messed up on crack. And one day, I think we were, we, we had noonday prayer. And I think they called me in advance and said, 
Pastor, we need you to be there to pray. And she came through the door. Never forget. See, the Bible said when the prodigal son's father saw him afar off, he recognized him. And in recognizing him, he had compassion on him. And when that person walked through the door, although the world had beaten them up, although they had just been on a binge in a crack house, I recognized them. And it made my heart heavy. And we began to pray. Never forget, we took them home. When we finished praying, we took them home with us. And we wanted God to finish the work that he begun. How many of you know he that who have begun a good work in you is able to complete it? He's able to finish it. But everybody say, faith still works. Faith still works. We, we have to exercise and we have to have some kind of faith. So we've got to stop believing what we're seeing. When they all tore up from the floor up, when they don't look like themselves, when they have all this behavior that's contrary to the way you know you raised them, we got to start believing that God, what you said in your word, that's what I'm standing on. I'm not seeing and saying whatever I see, that's what I believe. I'm believing God. I'm going to start right now today. I'm going to start seeing what I know that you're able to do. By faith, the invisible becomes possible to the believer. Now, just to kind of help you here a little bit, I want to share something with you to make this live. Many of you know my home church in Charleston, South Carolina. At the time, it was called World of evangelism. My pastor was W.L. Clayton, finally known as Brother Clayton. Later on, we began to call him Bishop Clayton, and uh, he was the pastor there. And at that time, we were near the Charleston Air Force Base. We had a young man, uh, just a little bit before we came, uh, he was visiting the church and start coming to the church, and they, uh, he was un offloading one of the aircraft, and when he did, he broke his arm. And when he broke his arm, we were in revival. He came to revival that night, and it was time for prayer, and he came up, and Brother Clayton and some of those that were there, they laid hands on him, and they began to pray for him. After they finished praying for him, he went out of the church, went next door to the Sunday school classroom, and cut the ass off of his arm. Come running back in the church, the Lord healed me. He started waving that arm, and he cut the cast. He said, the Lord, look, the Lord healed me. Man, that young man went to work the next day. When he went to work, it was noise abroad what had happened. So his commanding officer called him in his office. He said, let me tell you something. He said, what you did was unlawful. You are property of the United States Air Force. And you could be court-martialed for what you did. He said, now what I want you to do, I want you to go over to that dispensary and get an x-ray and bring it back to me. He said, he went to, went to the doctor. And the doctor said, well, what you here for? He said, well... The captain told me I need to come here and get an x-ray. Doctor came out from the x-ray, looking at the x-ray. He said, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. He said, a couple of days ago, we, we took an x-ray, and your arm was broken in two places. But on this x-ray, I can't find nothing. He said, I told you, the Lord healed me. Faith works. Now, this is way before my time, but this is Brother Bishop Clayton's testimony. He said <laughs> in the early 60s, uh, him and Sister Clayton, they, they had to go to the general convention. And it was in Atlantic City, New Jersey. So he said they got in their little rambler. <laughs> oh, boy, do we ever know that. They got in a little rambler, got in, got about 10 or 11, 10 to 11 miles outside of Atlantic City. 
And all of a sudden, water starts steaming. So they pulled in a station. When they pulled in the station, he upped the hood and the man came to the hood. And he said, uh, got some bad news for you. He said, well, what is it? He said, your water pump is gone. He said, you're going to have to put a new water pump in there. He said, man, I, all I got is enough money to get to that convention and to get back home in Charleston. He said, well, where you say you're going again? He said, Atlantic City. He said, well, I hate to tell you, but you won't make it to Atlantic City. Brother Clayton walked out, car, walked inside, because Clayton wasn't sitting in no heat, I guess. This is what the man told. He talked it over. He said, you got a water hose? He said, he took that water hose, put it in that radiator, filled it up, put the cap back on, and he said they drove to Atlantic City. Now, many of y'all that go to conventions and all that, you know why you're there. You know, you, you, you got to drive around. Play. He said he took that car, drove all over Atlantic City, and then back to Charleston. He said he made it all the way to Charleston, pulled up in the churchyard, and as soon as he pulled up in the churchyard, it overheated. The water came out of the thing. I'm telling you, faith works! I'm telling you that, that faith, that faith, it's, a, it's that kind of faith that the invisible becomes the impossible becomes possible, and the invisible becomes visible. By faith, we see the invisible. So don't let anybody, don't let any so-called appearance make a lie out of the word of God. That's in your heart and in your mind. Faith is rooted in logic, but it goes beyond logic and becomes its own best logic. It's not limited by logic is what I'm telling you. Faith is not limited by logic. Faith works. Thank you, Father. I gotta give you thanks. Because Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I gotta give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive. And with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.